Hello, and welcome to Rainbow Road, a queer podcast about gaming. If you can play it, we can gay it. I am Travis Ryans. I'm an assistant director in the film and television industry. I'm Mike Deneen. I'm a queer gamer and sociologist. Mike, can you feel the love today? I can feel the love today, Travis. Because today we're talking about queer romance in games. Ooh. Joining us are two guests. We have first Zachary Knowles, a queer gamer and performer of basically every kind of performance you can think of. Hello, Zach. Hi, thanks for having me. As well as we have Ashley. Ashley is a writer for TV and AAA games. Hello, Ashley. Hello. All right, thank you so much for joining us today, guys. We're going to be talking about queer romance options in games. This has been a little bit of a weird topic through the history of gaming, as we have had some queer relationships that are available to players and some that aren't. Today, we're going to focus on the relationships where you have those options and whether we decided to engage in them or not. So, Mike, let's start with you. What queer romances have you engaged with in games? What's your history with queer romance? Mm -hmm. You know, I'm sad to say that I don't I don't really have many except for, and I feel like we touched on this last week, but the, the Sims, I really feel like it's the only time I've ever really felt invested in my character's queer romances. Yeah, I can't think of anything else. So I'm excited to hear what our guests' uh, experiences have been. How about you, Travis? I, I've had the option for it several times, but I've never actually engaged in it until Stardew Valley. Uh, we did discuss this in our last episode in Slice of Life Games, but uh, I fell for Sebastian in the small town uh, for Stardew Valley. Oh, that's right. That's nice. Mm-hmm. I was totally smitten with him. We had our life together, and it was so perfect. My boyfriend got a little bit jealous, <laughs> but... It was nice. I'll I'll get into later some of the options I I didn't pick, even though they were offered to me, which is probably a bit of a weird thing to say. Uh, But first, I'd like to hear from our guests. So, Zach, what is your history with queer romance and games? Well, it's funny because it like it's connected a little bit to what kind of game you're playing, obviously. Mm -hmm. So I'm going to take because I've played a lot of RPGs and that's kind of my my bread and butter. And you can kind of put the player character into two groups. There's like the ones that have been scripted and written already. Like you've got your Geralt of Rivia and The Witcher, or you've got your uh, Master Chief over in the Halo series, or you've got things on the other side, which is the player created, right? Like you go in, customize screen, you make your character all the little fine details, your fallouts, your Skyrim, all of those sort of things. And honestly, like nine out of 10 of the times, it's always in player created characters that I find that I can actually have some sort of relationship that is same sex. Yeah, I guess that's true. Like when it comes to it, um, it usually is in those RPGs where you do have character creations. The only ones where I can really think of where it's more linear story, whether it be RPG or not, where you do have a not self-created character that's not a Mm self-insert is Life is Strange and Last of Us. Other than those two, I, I can't really think of any that sort of um, well, I guess in, La- in Life is Strange, that's not exactly true. You do have two options. You can take Warren, but who took Warren? I, I, I don't know anyone who did except for myself because I can't say no to a cute little twink. But going from there, that's what it was. And I, I missed out on Chloe. And oh boy, do I regret that to this day. But uh, I'm going to have to go back and do a replay. You really should regret that. <laughs> so given those options, Zach, who, who have you engaged with? Um, okay, so one of the funnier ones for me is uh, one of my favorite games, Fallout New Vegas. Okay. Uh, I've played through it many times, and I could easily gush for it. But the funniest thing in it is that, like, and this is maybe a through line for a lot of games, if you want to be able to sleep with anyone, you got to play a girl. 
And so as a guy gamer in games like Fallout New Vegas or a lot of games going back, uh, you play as a female character if you want to have bisexual options. Because unfortunately, in a parallel, you do have girls getting an easier pass than bisexual boys. Because they can be sexualized more easily. I think that's a lot like real life, too. Yeah, unfortunately. It's just one of those things where I think because the majority of games are made for, honestly, young straight white boys, they take the same through line where they'll look at like, oh, that girl's kissing a girl. Nice. Versus, oh, that guy's kissing a guy. (laughs) Yeah, you know, even my straight guy friend, he plays all his video games like every time as a female protagonist, every single time. And and I don't I don't know if it's for that reason, but I maybe maybe maybe. What about you, Ashley? Do you usually play as a female protagonist in your games? Normally, no. <laughs> you, do you play as a male male protagonist, or do you do you change it up? Yeah, funny enough, I I usually if like you get the character custom creator or you have the option because a lot of games now are doing the option of playing as either like an authored male character or an authored female character. I usually play the dude. Mm. Why Why do you think that is, Ashley? Well. I know that like a lot of people play games because they want to immerse themselves in a different fantasy and just like have a different experience, but they want it to be them fighting off the horde or winning all these battles or like doing all this cool shit. And when I play games, I don't want to be me. I need a break from me. <laughs> Legit. So it's like escapism. I usually end up playing like a super hard renegade or like evil path because it's all the shit that I just like cannot do in real life. And I'm just like, I'm just going that route. Mm-hmm. <laughs> the game that I've played a shit ton of um, that was actually the first game that ever had romance options that I encountered was the Mass Effect trilogy. Oh, yes. And I feel yes. like we're missing out on like granddaddy Bioware of like video game mm-hmm. romance. Romances, and I've played Mass Effect. Oh my god! I think I've done over twenty playthroughs because I had to romance nice. everyone. Wow! And yes. Mass, <laughs> like of the whole trilogy, I've played two the most, but like I've definitely done the full run like a bunch of times. But funny enough, like even though like traditionally like because I also love Fallout and Skyrim and a lot of open world RPGs, I usually play as a dude there. But with Mass Effect, that's the first game where I consistently enjoyed playing as the female character the most. I really like playing as Femship. And I think like one of the cool things, especially about Mass Effect 1, is that if you played as the male Shepard, you have a pretty standard, like a really good, polished space action RPG. You're the heroic space commander with the chiseled jaw and you get to woo a bunch of, you know, human or alien honeys. And it was like a pretty recognizable game. If you played as Fem Shepard though, Like, all of a sudden, you're a female commanding officer in the Space Navy, and you're queer. And it was suddenly, like, such a different take already just within the same game. Mm -hmm. I don't know. I had to do all the playthroughs because some of your romance options were locked out, depending on, like, which gender that you played. So I just had to... I had to catch them all. Yeah. <laughs> I only did one playthrough, so my knowledge pales in comparison, so please correct me if I've got this wrong. But I think it wasn't until 3 that they had any sort of bisexual options that I could come across for the, for the guy, for Yes, for they finally gave you two gay male options, I believe. And, like, one of them was kind of weird because it was just, like, your shuttle pilot that... Is just was just this super background character that was just like, hey, if you want to, if you want to bang pilot Steve, which maybe you do, there you go. Is that his name? Steve. Yeah, yeah it's actually Steve. <laughs> pilot Steve. Like that's even his shuttle pilot Steve. His yeah. parents locked him into that job early. <laughs> <laughs> what are we gonna name our baby? Shuttle pilot. Uh, Steve is actually his last name. Yes. 
Sorry. So, yeah, if you, you can bone the you can bone the shuttle pilot. Yeah, but but the second option they give you was Caden, and Caden was a character that's with you from Mass Effect One onwards. Is he though? Huh? Is he with you from Mass Effect onwards? Because like honestly, who kept Caden? I meant that he was introduced in one, <laughs> and that he was in one and in two, and then in three. He's like one of like the legacy characters. But it was interesting because like in one and two, he's only available as a romance option for Femshep. And then in three, they made him available for the male Shepard too. Whoa. Just to be clear, Shepard is the main character. Shepard is the main character. Okay. All right. I'm I'm trying to infer a bunch of stuff from what you guys are talking about. It's like it's kind of like you guys all went to a high school that I never went to, and you're talking about like the kids. <laughs> that I'm like, oh, okay, yeah, I kind of I've got it. I got it. Yeah, the Mass Effect High School was an interesting one. <laughs> well, I actually had a very different experience with um with Mass Effect. I played it through as you're saying. I was trying to be myself. I tried to make him a redhead. You know, I tried to make the decisions I would make before realizing that you basically had to lock in your Paragon or Renegade run through. Mm. The reason I asked the thing about Caden was because I didn't save Caden in Mass Effect 1. So to explain this for Mike, you have two human crew members, Ashley and Caden, who you can choose to carry through to the next games, uh, but one of them will have to die. You get a bit of a Sophie's Choice moment, or it would be Sophie's Choice if I cared about Caden, but I I didn't. (laughs) You heartless son of a bitch. He was best personified by a headache. Oh, can we get an F in chat for Caden? Well, it's just like... He didn't have a personality. I mean, he was abused <laughs> as a child, but like, so was I, dude. Get over it. I like how this episode is about romance and you're like, well, I didn't really give a shit about any characters. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, Ashley was a racist, but at least she was interesting. Like, <laughs> I just want to say he doesn't mean me. He okay. means the <laughs> other character, Ashley. Oh, yeah, sorry. Yes. The other Ashley. <laughs> yeah. The one person of color we have on today's episode is the racist. <laughs> This is uh, Ashley, no, but- the racist of this episode. <laughs> <laughs> and we brought a racist in today. So, Ashley, what was it like being a racist? So, yeah, I, I didn't keep Caden. Uh, so, by the time I made it to Mass Effect 3, my only option was Steve Cortez, the shuttle pilot. And he was in the middle of grieving his dead husband. Like, Ooh. his entire story revolves around the fact that his husband died in an attack. He's not over it and he can't get over it. And his arc within the game is you helping him move past it. And I don't think that's super healthy for me to be like, you know how you're going to move on by getting with me. Yeah. Like that's, that didn't seem right to me. So I, I declined both of those queer options a by killing Kate. So you didn't want to help this poor guy get over his dead husband. You know what they say, right? The best way to get over someone is to get under someone else. And I don't think they meant it in a death context, but it still kind of applies. <laughs> I mean, if I could have slept with him, but still, you know, kept some healthy emotional boundaries, I would have, but the game doesn't seem really interested in that. So, mm. <laughs> I mean, you could technically, technically classify the romance with Liara as queer because technically that race of aliens is non-binary however they all use she her pronouns they all have feminine bodies with breasts and wide hips and makeup and it's a discussion for the mass effect episode that we won't get into all right all right that's our future episode (laughs) um if we want to continue with mass effect though did either of you play andromeda yes I did. Did you uh, pursue any queer romances in Andromeda? I played Andromeda fully expecting to do my multiple playthroughs to romance everyone (laughs) and ended up just like banging the big purple alien dude. Jaw. Yeah. And then the game was over and I was like, I do not ever want to play Space Sudoku again in my life. (laughs) (laughs) I hated that mechanic or at least... Uh, that, that that mechanic wasn't for me because I just can't fucking do Sudoku. 
And so I just, I was out. <laughs> Fair enough. What about you, Zach? Did you play Andromeda? I didn't. Uh, I got through uh, to the end of Mass Effect 3, which had so much amazing buildup. And then it was uh, pick your color of laser beam to cover the galaxy with. And I don't know. It just, the, there was something about it. Like it closed a chapter and I looked at Andromeda and went, nah, not ready to keep going with this. Yeah, I can't say I blame you. Uh, I enjoyed Andromeda for what it was, but I can't blame you for not picking it up. And Ashley, I can't blame you for, you know, not wanting to play it again. As much as I loved it, it uh, it is a flawed game, unfortunately. I did pursue a queer romance, though, because this time I chose not to play myself. I decided I was going to go as opposite as possible. Commander Shepard, your protagonist of the main series, is uh, older, is a veteran, uh, is very confident and assured. And I could see that this character was young and a little insecure and unsure of themselves and bright-eyed and optimistic. Uh, So I was like, you know what? I don't want this to be me again because what's the point? I already did me. So I made her a young black woman and made her queer as fuck. uh, And she hooked up with Vetra, uh, another woman on the ship. Uh, and so that was kind of nice that I got to experience a queer romance, even though it was with a woman, if that makes sense. <laughs> it was queer for that character, not queer for me. Right. And it was still fun to experience that. Um, you both identify as bi or pan, right? Zach and Ashley? Yes, indeed. Yes. So you have the you know wonderful option of always getting to pick characters that you're interested in. Do you find that the hetero romances are better fleshed out? Do you find that you tend to pick queer romances over hetero romances? Like, what do you find when you're playing games? We'll start with Zach. Once again, I think it boils down to the game. Like, so if you look at a game like Catherine, does anyone know that one here? Mm-mm. I do. You've got a character named Vincent, and if I would have to explain the style of the game, it is a love triangle survival horror puzzle game, which is one hell of a title. <laughs> that's a that's a full genre. <laughs> you play this guy named Vincent, and he's trapped between two Catherines, one who he's been in a relationship with for like five years, and their relationship's pretty stalled and stagnant. And on the other side of it, he ends up meeting a girl named Catherine, which is going to be very confusing. Uh, because they both want him to further the relationship with him. Uh, He's cheating on both of them, essentially, and it's a horrible nightmare of a situation. And when I was playing through it most recently, all I could say to myself was, they are both horrible for you, Vince. Get out of here. I'm yelling at my screen. (laughs) And then I discovered, because I don't own a PlayStation, they've re-released it, and it's called Full Body Fine Wine as like the aftertitle, where they introduced a third character named Rin, who's trans. Oh. And she works at the same place, the Lost Sheep, and plays like there as like a lounge singer. I haven't played the game yet, but I want to, except it's behind the damn PlayStation wall. But it's a whole other romance option that gives entirely different game endings. You're like, forget these two cheaters, get yourself a Rin job. Exactly. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, that's fantastic. And it's, it's a crazy thing because like, in a game like Catherine, they give you two very fleshed out, very fleshed out hetero romances. And so I really want to see if they give something actually interesting for the third character. On average, I find that most hetero relationships are better fleshed out unless you are playing a female character who can also date the girl, in which case you just have to adjust your headcanon that it's a great fleshed out homosexual relationship. You guys are talking about that it seemed like the female protagonist seems to have like more interesting choices, which I can definitely see where you're coming from there, because I do think that in mainstream media, it's been more acceptable to see female on female relationships because that appeals to more people, I guess. 
Um, but in a weird way, like when I was playing games, I found that like all the interesting characters that I wanted to invest in were only available to male protagonists. Like that's another reason I was always just playing the dude. Games nowadays are more geared towards presenting both options to you because like a lot of games now are presenting you like both being able to play as like a female or male character or character creators that don't even have like a binary gender option and they're more doing it as either a slider or what is that word they're using now like style yeah yeah Yeah, style Mm. is what i see most pre-mass effect if a game had a romance option it was just het yeah so if i wanted to romance anybody like i had had to play the dude (laughs) and like i got around a lot of that stuff by playing a male protagonist and then I could, you know, go hook up with that like sexy witch over there in Dragon Age or like whatever, right? Um, And Mass Effect was the first time I actually felt like relationships and like romance choices that you had were just as fleshed out, if not more interesting for a female protagonist than a male protagonist. But at the end of the day, like, I just like went for whatever character I found the most interesting and if I had to jump through a couple hoops to get there, I would. But I'm like, yeah, that, you know, Cadence kind of, you know, not my cup of tea. You know, maybe he's a little bland, but Garrus, that blue alien, fuck yeah. Mm. <laughs> oh, who, who doesn't get a little wet for a blue alien? I don't know. That's I watch I watch a lot of sci-fi. <laughs> <laughs> Do you need a minute alone in that closet, Mike? Just, yeah, just give me like, I'll, I'll be right back. <laughs> you got me all hot and bothered. <laughs> Who's, no one says that. Here. It's funny that you mention Mass Effect so much because uh, I feel like they also didn't learn from their lessons. Like they, they did well in some areas and some not so much. So Andromeda, again, I hate to keep beating this dead horse, but your male option would the, should have been the most obvious was Jal, and he wasn't available to male rider until they patched it in. Oh, oh did they update yeah. that? Oh, I didn't know. Well, yeah, no one played it after the first month, so no one does know, but... <laughs> Yeah. They did patch it in later so that you could, and it was almost more frustrating that, like, so wait, you guys just literally had to flip a switch yeah. to make that available. So it was almost an active choice at this point. Mass Effect was known for its queerness. Yeah. What were you thinking? <laughs> like, what about uh, Dragon Age? Have you guys played Dragon Age? Speaking of the Bioware, you know, canon. I've played Dragon Age Origins, and I started playing Inquisition, and then, I don't know, life got in the way. I have a terrible habit of, like, picking up a game and then, like, putting it down again. Um, But I played, I played origins. I think I played that twice. Cool. What about you, Zach? I have it sitting on the wish list. I've heard great things about it. I don't have a lot to contribute when it comes to Dragon Age. Okay, that's fine. Travis, I'm assuming you you played Dragon Age extensively? Uh, No, actually, Dragon Age is on my list as well. I mean, when it comes to queer romance. on your hit list? Yes, it is. (laughs) You're next, Dragon Age. You're next. (laughs) I'll be coming for you. Uh, Yeah, I mean, Mass Effect for sure is where I see queerness the most in terms of player choices. I I have also seen it in Fire Emblem. But again, this is something where I was offered queer choices and I did not take them because the queer choices always made me uncomfortable. Hmm. Like in, what was it, Fire Emblem Fates? Niles is uh, a sadistic thief who hurts people and enjoys it and it's like mm. okay well thanks the thanks for making that the gay character for at least for the men yeah um i know in fire emblem three houses you have options but for some of them even though you can get to what's known as the s pairing sort of the highest romantic pairing with another character mm-hmm. it's marriage for all the female options for the male character but for your male options for the male character it's just you're just like best buds you're just like so <laughs> broy with each other and like you'll be best bros for like 
the rest of time. BFFs forever. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so I'm like, well, no, I'm, I'm not in this for a best bro. <laughs> what was that voice? I don't, I don't know. Well, <laughs> who, who was that? That was me. <laughs> <laughs> So, yeah, uh, you know, it is unfortunately uh, a lack of options when it comes to player choices. Um, There's another term that's been bandied about the gaming community known as player sexual. Mike, do you know what that means? I've heard this before and I truthfully I forget. Basically, when you're playing a game like Mass Effect or even like an RPG and you can like custom create your own character, it's like all these romance options are contingent on the fact that whatever character you're interested in will be interested back into you. So they're player sexual, like they're always going to be Mm. down to be with you, to be romantic with you, whatever it is. You can say DTF. Yeah, okay, whatever. (laughs) (laughs) They want to fuck you, the player. But anyway, um, I was going to bring that up because like Mass Effect and some of the Dragon Age games have had some problematic representation in them or like have not done so well with like your male same sex choices as with the female. But one of the things I actually really appreciated about Mass Effect is when they introduce Samara, who's this character who is only available to romance as male Shepard. But the thing is, you kind of romance her, like you can flirt with her and you can unlock those extra conversations with her and whatever it is. She does not want you. <laughs> like, like th- that's actually a character that will turn the player down. Like she'll like indulge you and flirt with you back a little bit, but like she's got her boundaries and no further. Finally, some realism in these games. <laughs> Honestly yeah. though, it's like you can woo her all through two. You can woo her all through three. And then you think that you finally built up to it. And like, she still won't have sex with you. Like she still like knows exactly what she wants and how far she's willing to go. And like, it stops there. I feel like if we're, if they're trying to appeal to the straight white male contingent, that's like the character that they need to go for more often. Mm -hmm. That's awesome because they're, they're characters, which is the illusion of people, right? Like they are supposed to have their own wants and desires. Like the idea of player sexual is awesome as a power fantasy, but that if there's just people lining up to sleep with your protagonist, that's kind of boring. I mean, that definitely happened with another character in Mass Effect. And yeah, we're going to keep coming back to it. You guys have just dominated the market on queer romances. But uh, there was also Samantha Trainer in Mass Effect 3. Um, she is canonically lesbian. She is only interested in women. Uh, she even makes a joke at the start of the game about how she's super attracted to the voice of the female computer and finds out that that's actually a real personality. And that's a, that's a person. Oh, oops, awkward. Sorry for, you know, being sexually attracted to you, computer voice. <laughs> and it becomes a recurring joke throughout the game. But if you try to romance her as a male character, she will say, I'm sorry, I'm not interested in men. I thought I made that clear. You should have seen some of the bros online being like, well, how come I don't get to sleep with her? That's not fair. You know, why do the gays get characters and we don't? Because she said like, she's gay. <laughs> yup. Yup. There's actually yep. a character like that in Dragon Age Inquisition as well. Um, I believe it's Dorian. He's a canonically gay character. So, But he's not out at the beginning. So as a female player, you could start to romance him and then reach a certain point in the relationship where he then goes, actually, I'm gay. Like, I'm not interested, like, I'm interested in being friends with you, but I'm not interested in actually, like, romancing you. Like you said, with bisexuals, it it feels like it's a mechanic as opposed to a story. It feels like it was created to create player choice, and their story as bisexual people does not matter. And the unique challenges that they face and obstacles that they have to overcome are just completely ignored. 
Yeah. <laughs> like that's a unique part of queerness that just hasn't been explored in games at all. Yeah, where's the dating sim that has that, right? Like where is the dating sim where there is either yourself or a character that is trapped in a situation where you want to be with someone but it doesn't work or, or that there's someone who wants you but you're not interested even though that it's like uh, you're sexuality compatible. Yeah. Like that whole hasn't been investigated yet. Or at least if it has, I haven't seen it. <laughs> I feel like if it were, I'd be a lot better at handling rejection. Yeah, I mean, that's our safe space to explore these aspects of humanity is in our storytelling. And I think interactive narrative has a lot of ability to teach us some things about this and it just hasn't been explored. I've seen that in the indie sphere, particularly in the IF sphere or the interactive fiction sphere, where because you're seeing a lot of games like being created by like queer creators or whatever, I've played through a few like queer twine games where you've had that. Like, you think that you're going to be able to romance a character and you get turned down. And you find out, oh, just because we had this history or just because I wanted to doesn't mean that it's going to happen. And that's a different narrative branch that you're going to end up going down. And it's been interesting to see, like, those aspects of just the queer experience explored. Very cool. So before we get into our last segment, uh, I just want to ask, what is your favorite romance that you've engaged with? Who was the character? What was the game from? And why did you like them so much? Like for myself, I would say that it's Sebastian from Stardew Valley. I really enjoyed romancing him. It weirdly satisfied me in that I have some fears about having to move to a small town because uh, this city is so damn expensive. And it kind of made me more comfortable with this idea of there would be people there, I would have a community, I would feel safe, and I could find love and find happiness there. Um, What about you, Zach? Mine's a funny one, because uh, I found mine by accident, and I'm going to try and explain it carefully, because I know that there's new people that are coming to this series, and I don't want to spoil things, but Final Fantasy VII. Okay. In the full game, you eventually go to a place called the Golden Saucer, which is essentially this world's version of Vegas. Uh, and when you get there, you go on a date and you haven't even met all of the characters in the game yet, uh, like where we are right now with the people that are playing the re-release, but there are options. But in the old game, in the 1997 game, it's basically determined on a points value where all the characters in the game have a starting point value, but your interactions with them change that hidden value. Okay, that's interesting. And who has the highest value is who you go on a date with. That's cool. And a really funny thing that happened to me as a kid who like thought girls were gross was I had raised my stat with Barrett so much that we went on a date. No way. Way. No way. I had no idea this was a thing. It totally is a thing. Uh, unfortunately, looking it up, like I, because I dug it up to be like, did this actually happen? Uh, the answer is yes. Barrett starts at a value of zero. So you got to work hard. You got <laughs> You got to put your time in to get the date with Barrett. That's so funny. Oh, I, I had no idea that was even a thing. Yeah, like it warms my heart and it's kind of comedy, but like I was there for it. Cause I, at the time, <laughs> not like not sexually awoken, was just like, yeah, they're just like best bros having a good time. <laughs> just guys being guys, you know, dudes being dudes. Just guys doing guy stuff together. <laughs> like mano y mano. Oh. What about you, Ashley? What's your favorite romance from a game? Uh, I'm trash. And so even though I've talked so much about like the different playthroughs I've had of Mass Effect, like, unfortunately, all of my favorite characters were DLC. So they they just weren't an option. (laughs) The romance I think that I enjoyed the most was Jax, but I don't prefer playing a male shepherd. So it's not like I could romance Jack as a female shepherd either. Hmm. If anything, um, 
just in terms of like a real answer to that question. I actually really enjoyed this game. It's uh, from an indie developer in Toronto. It's called Long Story and it's a mobile game. Okay. It's like a queer high school narrative game. And you've got a few different romance options within that game as well. But it's like, that was the first game I ever played where there were more than two gender options. You could romance and create relationships with the girls and boys and the school mascot, the turkey hawk. You never find (laughs) out their gender. It's literally just a person in this awful mascot costume. And that was my favorite romance. I gotta say. That's amazing. (laughs) Uh, That is a love story for the ages. They don't even speak. You just communicate with them and they just do hand gestures back to you. And it was the most rewarding, fulfilling romance I've played in the game. That's awesome. It was great. Long story. Check it out. That's fantastic. All right. So we'll move into our final segment then, which is, uh, Mike, I'm going to start with you. What you playing? Uh, what am I? I'm still in Final Fantasy right now. Final Fantasy seven. I'm not, I didn't get that far yet, but it's, it's pretty good. I, you know, I really want to watch some side by sides of, of what the, cause you said 1997, I think. I think that is it. I yeah. might be wrong. Someone in the comments, please correct me. Wow. Yeah. Cause I feel like the graphics on this one are so good. I'm just, I'm having a hard time. Well, you know what? The Square Enix has always been pretty good about their cinematics and stuff, but yeah, I'm just really impressed. So I'm, I'm excited to see where it goes and, and eventually get to the, the golden circle of Vegas. Oh, you'll <laughs> have so much fun at the golden saucer i, I golden I hope saucer that. that's a sorry, golden circle yeah yeah that's like a kingsman movie isn't it yes yes it uh, is. yeah <laughs> uh what about you ashley what uh, what you playing these days i play apex legends daily <laughs> nice. nice it's funny i used to be a hardcore overwatch player like i played overwatch for three years like daily and then mm-hmm. basically apex legends released and i I just, I've never played Overwatch since. I've just, well, I've just why, been why on that, that like, Apex is, shit. <laughs> what has drawn you to Apex that, uh, what is Overwatch not offering you that Apex is? It's, it's also just um, my own like community thing. Like I play Apex with my husband and friends and family. And like we were playing Overwatch all together for three years. And there were just things about Overwatch that we were getting a little burnt out by, especially ranked. Mm. Yeah. And then oh, yeah. Apex dropped and we're just like, oh, let's just try this out. And it basically like fixed every problem we had with Overwatch. Yeah, okay. it's, it's so funny. So many people on my <laughs> friends list on my Xbox, people I met in Overwatch have now switched over to playing Apex. So they definitely grabbed a huge chunk of the market share. So wow, um, I should try that game. What about, uh, what about you, Zach? What you playing? I uh, just freed up a lot of time because anyone who knows it, The Binding of Isaac, hmm. it's a little indie developer game. I finally got my last achievement in it. I have completionisted that game. Nice. Congratulations. Way to go. That must have felt nice. Yeah. Uh, And so I guess other things on the go right now, I just finished the main story finally in Monster Hunter World. Oh, cool. So I'm probably going to grab the DLC soon. Awesome. And uh, I've started playing Total War Warhammer 2 because I'm that geek. (laughs) (laughs) Awesome. Very cool. Is that an RTS? The real-time strategy? Yes. Yeah, okay. Yeah, it's... uh, Imagine the RTS of, like, a StarCraft, but you don't build the units uh, during the match. You show up with your army and you throw down. Didn't they... Is is this a new game, though? Because I feel like I've heard of... This was out for a while, isn't it? The Total War franchise has been around for a long time, and a Total War Warhammer 3 is on the horizon, but it's a... It's just the same kind of formula each time, where you've got your, your various forms of melee units, ranged units, cavalry all that it's kind of a really elaborate version of rock paper scissors that currently i suck at and i'm just trying to like catch up to the people that have been playing like 2000 hours of this game nice 
Um, I myself have been playing uh, After Party. I just finished it, actually, which is a game where you are two college grads who have just been sent to hell, oh. and their only way out is to out-party Satan in a drinking contest. Oh, wow. <laughs> that is an amazing premise for a game. I love this. <laughs> yeah, you guys should check it out. It is, it's a little on rails. You do have some uh, conversation options that you do get. What is fun is um, you always have two default conversation options and then a third, which is determined by whatever the last drink you had was. Oh. So you can take certain drinks to sound like a pirate or to sound like a sports fan or to sound like a whatever. <laughs> so you, you pound back different drinks to get different conversation options, which is so much fun. It's just like real life. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. It is so well written. I, I really recommend it. It's hilarious. Uh, and it's only a, yeah, a couple hours long, I guess. I don't know. It's a lot of fun. Have you played Oxenfree? Uh, no, but I know it's by the same developer. Yeah, it's the same developers. They did Oxenfree and then they did After Party. And if you enjoyed After Party, I'd recommend Oxenfree. As in Ollie Ollie? Yeah. Oh, okay. <laughs> Definitely adding that to my list for sure. All right. Well, thank you so much for joining us today again, guys. Uh, Zach, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you for having me. And Ashley, thank you for joining us as well. It was my pleasure. Mike, I'll see you on the next episode. See you next time. Uh, this has been Rainbow Road. If you liked this episode, follow us on Twitter at Rainbow Road Pod or get in touch with us for future episodes at Rainbow Road Podcast at gmail.com. And a big thank you to all of our guests today and our producer, Matt Kinnar. Thanks for listening to Rainbow Road.